This is High Dime Anxiety Podcast. Welcome to the space devoted to speaking your mind about the times, from what's relevant in the now and way back when. Join me with guests to expect a frequency like no other. Are you ready? Because I am. It's Jada Diamond. What is up, everybody? It's your girl, Jada Reese here, a.k.a. Diamond. And we are here for the first reading wrap-up of the year, the January reading wrap-up. And I'm so excited. Uh, first, but first, if this is your first time seeing my face or knowing of my existence, my name is Diamond, or a.k.a. Jada Reads. And over here, I like to do reading blogs, book reviews, and everything in between. So if you like my personality or if you're interested in books, this is the place for you. So go ahead and subscribe <laughs> all right and let's get into this video okay so one thing about me is a lot of my wrap-ups are going to be consistent upon or contingent upon what I read throughout the month so every book that I'm probably well not just except one I finished one today so every book that I'm going to be reviewing today um has been in a reading vlog which is funny because I think was there five of them five reading blogs so except one has not been released yet but anyway yeah so all the books have been a reading blog so I read a total of one two three four five books in January and we have one honorable mention because I did my December books right before I finished this book so I didn't mean to finish this book December 31st but I did and it's the first book we're going to talk about which is Cassandra at the Wedding so by Dorothy Baker um I don't own this book I actually read it via ebook so let's talk about when it was published and everything like that so Cassandra at the Wedding um was published in 1962 and I really like this story a lot um Cassandra at the Wedding is about Cassandra who is a twin sister and her sister Judith um and it's it's about what it says it's about Cassandra um, going to her sister her twin sister's wedding and it's a romp honestly it really is that book is so interesting so intriguing so engulfing so visceral um it's really reminiscent of the bell jar by sylvia plath in so many ways and they're like kind of interconnected because they were written slash published around the same time and so it basically to me those books speak to what it was like for women um in the mid-century or I don't know mid 20 mid 20th century um and I really like the story so it follows Cassandra who was 24 years old and who is in graduate school at Berkeley the girls live in California she does Cassandra I mean Dorothy does a really good job of depicting California at the time I definitely felt like I was there in the heat in the winter to be reading I mean in the summer to be reading that book in the winter um and it basically talks about or tells a story of Cassandra kind of losing her grip on things because her and her sister Judith are so close and interconnected with each other Cassandra can't really understand why her sister would want to get married like why would you want to get married it's been you and me our whole lives why would you want to mess that up and so it just follows in great detail the a couple of days leading up to and the events leading up to and surrounding Cassandra's wedding and it was written so well it was done so well Cassandra is so funny that girl is really really funny 
and um it's a very surprising story it's told in three parts uh you have cassandra speaking you have judith speaking and then you have cassandra speaking at the end and that in it in and of itself tells its own story the way that uh, the way that dorothy decided to write the story and i go into a thorough deep detail about that book and it really reading that book really reminded me of when i was in undergrad and how we used to of course be assigned a novel and of course the conversations that we would have centered around the themes and our feelings and emotions about the story and subsequently after that writing writing some sort of thesis on the book um that that vlog reminds me of when i was in college so i really it's one of my favorite vlogs and obviously that's one of the biggest vlogs on this channel to this date um it's about to have like 700 views now i'll link it above if you want to see me really talk about cassandra at the wedding i think that's a good video for you to go and watch i did really really good on that video um, and so after that, we read um, Medicine Walk by Richard Wagamese. I love this book so much. I also did a vlog on this book and it was and I also feel like it was a really good vlog. I also did a mediocre individual review, but it was my first one. OK, I'm working on my online presence. I'm working on myself. Um, I think I was just tired. I was tired and I was nervous. So, yeah, but this book is um, or sorry, it was written first. Let's talk about when it was published. I think 2002. Don't quote me. OK, I was wrong. It was published in 2015. Um, Richard Wagamese has uh, since passed away. He is one of Canada's most prolific authors. He is Native American. And you can tell the way he depicts what it's like to be a Native American in this story, basic, more so a Native American who has kind of lost their tribe, who's kind of not grown up in uh, in the culture, but who feels still kind of this closeness to what, it's, what it means to be uh, a Native American. Um, he kind of, he paints the picture of both. And you can tell that through, through the story of um, the characters here. So you have Franklin and you have Eldon. Franklin is the son, Eldon is the father, and this tells the story or depicts the story of um, a young man, 16 years old, being summoned by his dad to take him on a long journey through the back country of Canada to take him to, um, it's, it's called Medicine Walk for a reason because on this walk, he has been given this medicine by someone that they come across on their journey to bury Eldon in the warrior's way. It's almost like I said, reminiscent of the Odyssey it's of course not as long but it it, it is it, it's it's reminiscent of that um just like the other book that i'm about to talk about they the story of richard wagamese definitely take took pieces away from odysseus's journey because they come across certain things and aspects throughout the in the woods and they come across an older woman who gives them the medicine and you know it's just so many things and so on their journey on their walk it's kind of like a redemption story where eldon is basically trying to get franklin to understand what his problem was Franklin's whole life, what the issues were, how um, how different parts of your story can make up the trajectory of your life. And um, Richard Wagamese did a really good job of depicting that. I was so moved reading the book like I could at some at some points, you know, little bit of tears start the will up but none really came out but he just did such a good job of of writing about um, 
a father who has lost his way and could never find his way back. Literally, that's what it's about. He could never find his way back. But this walk, this two or three day walk to get to get to where they were going made, I think, made up for what Franklin missed throughout his 16 years of living. And he sort of got a deeper and clearer understanding of what his father had been through in his past and why he was the way that he was an alcoholic who could never get it right. And I don't want to talk too much else about it, because like I said, there's a blog on this. I am going I'm going like deep into detail about the book. And like I said, I wish everyone could experience this novel. This is one of the best books I have ever read in my life. And I have read a lot of books in my life. I've fallen in love with a lot of characters in my life, but this is one of the best ones I've ever read. So this is a banger. By the way, Cassandra at the Wedding, five star. Richard Wagami's Medicine Walk, five star. After, after that, we read, um, I feel like I'm missing something um let me see y'all because i feel like i'm missing something before i pick up the next book that we read or this month just skated by let me check my story graph because i think cassandra at the wedding is the only book i didn't own physically um but that i am looking for view all yep it's okay the month just zoomed right on by girl because the next book that i read is the bell jar by sylvia plath I absolutely love this book, Banger as well. Um, banger vlog, killer vlog as well. Your girl, your girl, I can talk about some books. Do you hear me? I can talk about some books in the best way to me. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm that girl, okay? What is it? T-H-A-T-G-I-R-L. You know that I'm that girl. Anyway, um... This book right here is amazing as well. I really liked it. Strong trigger warning in this one. Um, all right, so anyway, it's about Esther. Esther is also 20 something graduate from college, trying to find her way in the world. She's editing um, at a magazine, at a, has an internship, but she really wants to be a writer. And it talks about that. It talks about, um, she the way she depicts men in this novel is very interesting to me. It's very reminiscent of what's going on today in right in society today and one thing or one thing that you're going to continuously hear me speak about is the parallels between all different cultures of women and how no matter what your race or your human design is we all are connected in a way that's so unique that I think everyone needs to kind of start thinking about life in that aspect and kind of take race out of it because the way that Sylvia Plath talked about um, being objectified by men in this novel and what they think of you and what they expect from you is so good. It's so good. It's so good. If you haven't read The Bell Jar, you should read The Bell Jar. Um, I'm also one of those types of people that feel like books are meant for you at a specific point in your life. And so sometimes when you insert yourself into a novel, it might come off that it's not for you, but really you're not for it yet. And I think that that's uh, something that we can say about this book. There is strong comparisons to the diary portion of Trust and this novel also. Um, the author of the diary portion of Trust, I, you have to think that Hernan Diaz drew from Esther. He drew from Esther. He drew from Cassandra. Ain't no telling who else he drew from 
when writing that piece of the puzzle that is trust. Um, anyway, back to this. So it tells the story of a woman basically spiraling and unraveling. Um, she cannot get a grip on her life, her mind, um, and she slowly enters into depression, what turns into um, uh, wanting to commit suicide. Um, and I think that it's just drawn on, of course, instances of Sylvia Plath's own real life. Um, but I really like the fact that I felt like Esther understood what she was going through or that's how Sylvia wrote it. She wasn't like one of those types of characters who, to me, did not sense that she was losing her mind. She completely understood that she was losing her mind and she's telling you the reader about it and I don't want to say anything else about it I talked so much at length about it for an hour um on my the bell jar reading vlog so if you care anything about my thoughts and opinions and my perspective on this novel I think you should watch that I really do I'm not trying to plug myself because I make the content that I watch um so if you like reading vlogs you should watch it the next book that we read um, after the Bell Jar, Bell Jar Five Stars. Um, so now let's talk about uh, this banker, A Visit from the Goon Squad. There's also a most recent reading vlog um, on this novel that just went up a couple of days ago. I put it up on Sunday. And um, yeah, I like this one a lot as well. So this one is unique and it's kind of hard to explain because there's no like plot to talk about. So this book is written in 12 on 12 perspectives or through 12 perspectives, 12 lenses. And Jennifer Egan does a good job of taking you through time, taking you in and out of different time periods based on the perspective of the person that is um, that is talking um, in that particular chapter. And so she referenced Marcel Proust uh, at the beginning. Um, Marcel Proust um, In Search of Lost Time volumes or um, novel because it's one big novel broken up into like six or seven books. So just take that little piece of information with you if you decide to pick something like this up. And then I think that you sh you will understand what Jennifer Egan was trying to do. Um, I've never read In Search of Lost Time, but I do have the volumes on my shelf and I do have some sort of idea of what it is about. Um, and in the vlog, I go into deeper detail about what I think that she's trying to do. And she captured it perfectly. Uh, the main thing to take away from the quote at the beginning of In Search of Lost Time is but these are most hazardous pilgrim pilgrimages which end as often in disappointment as in success um it is in ourselves that we should rather seek to find those fixed places contemporaneous with different with different years the self that we were long ago when we when we enter some houses or gardens in which we used to live in our youth we are no longer there so all we can like all we can rely upon is our memory. And so that's what she's doing in this story. And she's doing a good job about memory because, you know, memory can be subjective depending on the act that you're trying to remember and the viewpoint or perspective on the person that the act happened to. So I'm really passionate about that and about my views on this book because there were quite a few negative reviews about 
a visit from the goon squad and i'm not the, the 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 best thinker in the world but i do think that my thinking um is rooted in research or rooted in uh, trying to understand what an author is trying to do i really i really read for understanding um and in reading for understanding for me it's pleasurable i read for pleasure and entertainment but the most pleasure that i receive from a novel is trying to understand what the author is trying to tell me and um that's how i viewed this book and i really 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 liked it i probably reread it sometime in the future that's how much i liked it so once again another banger five stars the next book that i read i love this book also like girl i tell you my reading year this year girl guy guy girl it's off the chizzy okay so we have cold mountain by charles frazier published in 1997 winner of the national book award i think in 1998 um this is one of the books that i must read for the year we are off to a good start i said i was going to sprinkle in those books from that video each month because there's 10 of them so along with new releases or other things that i just want to pick up i'm going to grab one of those books from that list and throw them in each month and so this is my first one so we have cold mountain cold mountain follows ada and edmund and um, it's written in dual perspectives one and this blog is actually not up yet so i'm going to keep it cute because i really want you guys to tune into that vlog but the novel is written in dual perspectives and you have Edmund talking then Ada back and forth back and forth and this is also a Odyssey sort of retelling um Edmund is definitely Odysseus on his way back home to Penelope and it talks about the ravages of the Civil War from the perspective of two white people of course and one being a Confederate soldier Edmund is a Confederate soldier and once again, I talk at length about what I think Charles Frazier did and was doing in this novel. And I loved it. I loved it so much. Girl, it's just so much I can say about it, but I've said so much already in the video. So I'll give a brief little something or another. So with this novel, one thing that you would appreciate if you decided to pick this up is the way Charles Frazier writes. It is mesmerizing. Um, I wrote that early on in the novel. It's just, it's just the best prose ever. And I watched the booktuber Alana Estelle. She said that no, nobody writes like this anymore. She said that. And I'm like, okay, girl, you're doing the most. But I read it and I agree with her. Nobody writes like this anymore. It's awesome. It's wonderful. Like, it's just so stinking good. Now, thinking about the fact that Edmund is on his way back home. So he decides to become a deserter and come back to Ada, his one true love. He misses her so much and he's just like over this war and he wants to get back home to her. So he just ups and leaves and it tells the journey of what he goes through on his way back home. First of all, when he leaves the war, he's injured. He has been shot in the neck and is trying to heal. And it in the book talks about how, you know, even though he has been injured like this, as soon as he is able to at least walk, they're going to send his ass right back off to where he came from. That doesn't happen now. Now, as soon as you're injured, 
you're sent home and you're done. Back then, mm -mm, it's like it's like Groundhog Day back then. So it talks about that. And I just think also because of his uh, his state of being, that's another thing where he was just like, you know what? It's worth losing my life to just make my way back home to the love of my life. Because at the end of the day, I'm gonna die anyway. It's basically what I felt like that was Edmund's mindset and that was his thinking. And I just loved it. I love the characters, the way that he wrote these characters, VZ, um, other characters you'll learn so much about, which, which we all already know about slavery times. But I like how Charles Frazier depicted black women in this book i really do it was it was confusing at first because i didn't know what to think i didn't know how to feel you know reading the words off of a page of how a white man like views a black woman at first it's like you're taken aback but then you have to reread it again and you have to also understand the time period in which he's writing on and his perspective and i i liked it i did i really liked it and you'll know what i'm talking about if you watch my vlog i'm not going to go into detail about that um i really love the ending um a lot of people didn't like the ending i like the ending i like how the ending was written i like the epilogue at the end um that's that y'all five stars i just can't say any more without telling you about the book and for anyone who doesn't know i go into lots of spoilers in my reading vlogs um i feel like that's what reading vlogs are for i can't i can't fathom watching a reading vlog where you're not telling me about what you're reading it's a reading vlog you know and that's that and a lot of times i feel like with reading blogs they can be they can cover books that a lot of people a lot of people might click on this and say oh i'll never read that so let me just watch her read it and watch her tell me about it or they click on it because they have read it before and they want to relate to you and they want to maybe have a dialogue with you about their feelings so it's like a two-sided coin with the reading blog so if you care about what i really think about cold mountain that vlog will be out sometime next week um for reference, today is January 31st. Five star banger. And um, last book of the month. So that's a total of one, two, three, four, five, six. Sixth book. I got started early on my Black History Month reading. And so I went on ahead and read um, Their Eyes Are Watching God. And I loved it. Another five star banger. Uh, this book is by Zora Neale Hurston, published in 1937. Zora Neale Hurston was a part of the Harlem Renaissance, which, you know, the black writers of that time period. Um, writers, um, essayists, uh, singers, every, everything you name, anything dealing with the arts, that was the Harlem Renaissance. So this novel is... Um, I got a lot of feelings about this one as well. I don't know if I'm going to put a vlog up about it. I have the vlog. I don't know. I just don't know what I'm thinking about doing because I haven't updated the vlog yet that I finished. So I'll just talk about it here. Um, this story is about Janie. Janie is biracial. She's mixed race. She's the product of um, her mom being raped by her school teacher and um sorry trigger warning i'm sorry but it did happen and it's in the early 20th century when it happened her grandmother raised her because of course her mom being raped at such a young age kind of took her away from herself took her out of herself as you can imagine and 
her mom just went down a different path after that. And so she was raised by her grandmother who was actually a former slave. And so the thing about this that I really, really like is there's this continuous conversation in the black community regarding colorism and you know how it affects everyone, all of the girls. And Zora Neale Hurston does a really good job of really talking about it. And, 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 and the, some of the characters are rooted and fixated in it but Janie of course is not so I really like that Janie is not understanding uh, she understands why everybody acts like this towards her you know because she is depicted as of course this light-skinned red bone beautiful woman with white people hair that's how it's spoken of in the book and but Janie she's attracted to you know, dark skinned people. She thinks dark skinned people are the most beautiful people ever. The men, the women, everything, you know, and I just like the conversation around that and how Zora Neale Hurston wrote about that. That's all I'm going to say on that matter. But it, it's a very touching story and it's a very touchy story as well. Uh, so reading it, I didn't have the best time, um, probably because of how Janie was treated by her significant other. So Janie is described as a person who's kind of like spacey if I could say if I could decide what what sign Janie is in this novel she's definitely a Pisces and I say that because we tend to live like more so in our dream head in our dream world and everybody else is kind of more grounded and rooted in reality and so Janie is very focused on love and love to her is like um a bed of roses you know um, making angels in daffodils that's her that's what she wants she's a very soft woman this is she's like the example of what soft life would be that's what she imagines her love life to be like and that's not exactly what she was thrust into so first of all she was thrust into a marriage at 14 or 15 she was either 14 or 15 years old when her grandmother forced her to marry a man that was like 35 or so very ugly described as being ugly short and fat but he was her security blanket that was what her grandmother said we don't marry for love this is a security blanket for you because i'm not going to be here very much longer and so i like that aspect of the story also because zora Neale hurston is basically what you should take from this novel is that it's truth there's so much truth in it that's why it was very uncomfortable uh for me to read because the truth that is this novel is rooted in my ancestors you know um in the novel she's it's it's in uh florida so florida's kind of technically the south you know moving towards the caribbean and stuff like that but it's rooted in florida it's it's grounded in the south and uh i'm from the south and the deeper south the meaner south so imagine i'm just imagining i can't help but put myself in janie's shoes basically and to talk about the tumultuous relationships that she'd experienced at the hands of men and it talks about it in such a way that i can't help but once again this is a classic it is very reminiscent of what's going on today in the black community 
as a whole okay so if you're on the internet you know that there's a red pill community and in that community it's basically mostly black men or men of black descent or black heritage and how they don't like black women because we're x y and z and they would rather go to like colombia or any other country to find a specific type of woman that will meet their needs whole time there actually is something else going on there but that's why I'm this is what I'm saying like in reading sometimes you can't help but put yourself in the shoes or especially classics they're very relevant to our times today and Janie's story is so many people's story from her time period and in the 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s and uh, I'm going off on a tangent and I'm going to stop now but just know that this is a very um it's a story sure it's fiction, sure, but it's very real. Um, and that's what I took from it. And yeah, I'm done. I, listen, I need to stop talking about it because y'all, I just finished this book. That's why those feelings are like that and coming out like that because I haven't been able to like get them out. Um, so yeah, that's that, you guys. That is our, that is the January wrap up. Every book that I've read this month has been five stars and I'm hoping to keep going on with that. Um... And I'm looking forward to my February reads. Um, we are moving on into my current reads, which the book that I started reading today was actually not on my books that I'm going to be reading in February um, video. It's actually Jessamine Ward's Salvage the Bones. Um, and I'm reading it on audiobook and I'm really loving it so far. So yeah, I can't wait to see you guys in the next upload, the next vlog, the next something or another that I might think about. But until then, thank you guys so much for watching and I'll see you guys in the next video. Deuces.